Hey, you guys, what is going on? Welcome to the camera adds 10 pounds. That's right. I'm your host, Peter Sears. What's up? And uh, before you start, if uh, you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, leave me a review. It'd be awesome. I'll tell you at the end, but if you don't listen till the end, then I kind of won't be able to do it. So just do it now. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. It helps me in the algorithm, and you guys get algorithms. Um, whatever. Anyway, uh, before we start, I must let you guys know this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Performa.com. That's right, Performa. They have all of your fitness accessory needs, whether you want shaker cups, meal prep bags, meal prep containers, uh, vitamin containers, workout towels, just everything you need for your fitness accessories. And since Christmas is coming up, maybe you have someone that's into fitness that your friends or family with. Just go to Performa.com. I guarantee you, you could find some cool shit for them. So go to Performa.com, enter promo code 10 pounds. That's the word 10, the word pounds. You will save 15% off your entire order. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Bucked Up Supplements. That's right, bucked up, they have all of your supplement needs. You want to get in shape, you want to run fucking marathons like Petey, you want to get jacked, you want to lose some weight before January 1st. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Don't wait till January to get serious. Do that shit now, dude. You'll get a, a running start on your fitness goals if you started now. But anyway, um, yeah, get them, do it. And they even have sample packs. Go to go to buckedup.com, enter promo code 10pounds. That's the number 10, the word pounds for this one, and you will save 20% off your entire order. Um, what's up, guys? I just wanted to check in. Missed you guys last week. It's still been crazy. My life is crazy right now, you guys. Um, it's, it's busy. It's messy. It's... Uh, it's frazzled. I got so many things going on, and it's just like a nonstop, a nonstop grind of working, working out, trying to get more work, trying to get this special out, trying to uh, book more jobs, trying to get all these podcasts going, just trying to find a place to live. <laughs> like so many things, you guys. So um, I appreciate you guys bearing with me while I do all this, and uh, I just wanted to say what's up, you know, it's Thanksgiving weekend, or week, I should say, and uh, I thought, you know what, it would be good to to just sit down on the podcast and talk about, you know, what this year has brought for myself, but also for everybody else, and, you know, just thinking about the things that I'm thankful for. You know, because it's that time of year. You know, I think, you know, especially for people like myself, for example, who are in the fitness, in, uh, I said in the fitness industry, in the entertainment industry, you know, for myself, comedy and, you know, podcasting is entertainment um, as well. But, you know, we have like, we have these goals of what we want our careers to look like and what we want our lives to look like and what we want our bank account to look like and what we want our car to look like and our house and the future and all these different things, you know, when we kind of get ahead of ourselves. But um, at the end of the day, 
it sounds cliche, and I know it does, but one of the things that I've always kind of embraced, especially started doing stand-up, is the journey itself, you know, because, you know, in it, it's different in L.A. versus, like, different cities, because in different cities, you know, maybe there's a, com- you know, like, when I was in Oklahoma City, it's like, yeah, you have a couple comedy clubs, you have one club that brings in really big name headliners, and then you have another club that brings in headliners that you've probably never heard of, but, you know, still quality, or I mean, some of them, <laughs> um, you know, but guys that have done stuff, and people that are, or girls for that matter, people that are funny, it's just, uh, but anyway, my point is, is that a lot of times when you're in a small market like that and you're a local comic, you know, your your goal is to maybe, you know, have, you know, get a hosting gig or a feature gig when a headliner comes to town and then maybe hope, this doesn't happen very often, but it does happen that, you know, you guys, you guys hit it off well enough and maybe they like you well enough that maybe they decide to take you on the road with them to other places and then you can get out of your little market, right? And so you kind of accept that that's what your career is going to look like and then if you really want to take your step, your career to the next level, then eventually you have to decide, okay, well, am I getting enough gigs? Am I getting better at this that I need to move, you know, to a different market where I can get, you know, not famous, but just, you know, start getting things like move to LA, move to New York, etc. right? And a lot of them never do, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, we talked about it as, you know, I was entertaining at least the possibility of staying in Oklahoma City that, uh, you know, nowadays with the internet and, you know, podcasting and just different media, you know, it's different social media sites and platforms like the TikToks and YouTube and obviously Facebook, even though it's a fucking dumpster fire and Instagram and Twitter, just all these different things where maybe someone doesn't necessarily need to be in LA or New York to make a name for themselves. You know, there's quite a few people that have done it, you know, for the most part, that's kind of where you need to be though, which is why I came back. But, you know, my point is, is when you're in a small market, you kind of just accept that and you don't really put a timeline on things. Then when you're somewhere like L.A., it's different because you have. It's weird because from the moment I started stand up, you know, I was doing shows with people that were really big and it was like it's hard to like get a gauge on where it's not it's not hard if you're del- if you're not delusional but my point is like you know you could be on a show with someone that's really famous and you're like okay well I'm on the same show with them so like maybe like I'm really close to being really famous and it's like no <laughs> they just want to work their stuff out maybe you happen to be on a show that had a lot of people on it you know in, in the audience so you know I mean we would do that at the comedy store all the time, you know, we would be on these shows and, uh, (laughs) we would be on these shows 
and you know we'd be in the main room or you know the original room and there'd be you know packed house and then you know here comes bill burr or chris rock or someone that's like hey can i can i get up on can i can I do a spot on this show? And you're like, of course you can do a spot, Mr. Bill Burr or Mr. Chris Rock or, you know, before the allegations, Chris D'Elia, like whoever, you know? And as a newer comic, you know, you're like, man, like I'm on these shows with these people. Like I'm, I'm right where they, sh- where, the, where they are. And it's like, no, they just dropped in. You're not where they are. These guys have put in, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 years even to get to where they are and you got a long way to go you know and I was lucky you know I've talked about it numerous times on this podcast specifically but um, I was lucky enough to where when I was brand new I had some people that were you know professional comics working comics road guys headliners etc who kind of taught me the business side of it, you know, I kind of, I mean, it's hard because I learned parts of the business from other guys and I learned parts of the business from myself. But, you know, having people to talk to that, you know, kind of tell you, you know, you're not really going to, you got to give about 10 years before you really start seeing any kind of, you know, progress or like, getting anything really notoriety or whatever you know you gotta do your 10 years you know and so immediately you know a new comic is like fucking 10 years like (laughs) i gotta wait 10 years but and you see other people and you kind of hear their stories and you're like yeah that's kind of how it works like yeah in comedy especially now with the internet and stuff there are exceptions of people you know exceptions where people made it quote-unquote before that 10-year mark but for the most part eh, they're kind of the outliers you know you gotta you gotta know that if you're in it you're in it and you're gonna you know if you put in your work which you know is another thing altogether but you put in your work do your time do your shit gigs you know etc etc like you will start to see that and so while along the way, you know, obviously I've seen people that, you know, maybe started around the same time as me, you know, get some things and really blow up, um, or even some people that started a little bit before me and get some things and blow up and, you know, for, I, I, I would lie to say if I said that like, oh, I see certain people get certain things and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's just natural. I'm just going to be honest. Am I jealous? I mean, yeah, maybe kind of sometimes, but like at the same time, I appreciate my journey because I know that my time will come at some point. Maybe it's, you know, 10 years. Maybe it's at the 11 or 12 year mark. Maybe it's, you know, I mean, who knows where it is? I know that my career has progressed pretty much how it's supposed to. You know, I started, you know, doing all the free shows I want, maybe get a paying gig here and there, maybe produce a show. You know, I produced a lot of shows um, and I made money that way. And then, 
you know, I was lucky enough that guys started taking me on the road after about a year or so, and nothing huge, but like, you know, like I've always said, any amount of money that I've gotten paid to do comedy is like, okay, win. <laughs> I win. You paid me to do the thing that I would do for free anyway, and that I love, yeah, that's a win for me. You know, and then I kind of started branching out and getting booked um, doing road work on my own, you know, starting as an MC at pretty much all the places that I work. <laughs> and, you know, at a lot of times taking that financial loss to do those jobs because, you know, I said it, I'll say it again, knowing that it was an investment in myself, kind of like, you know, buying a house or putting money in stock on a startup or, you know, just something investing, knowing that you're not going to get any returns for a few years or, you know, putting money in your retirement or whatever that might be, you know. And so for me, you know, taking these jobs where maybe I was getting paid, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not even embarrassed to say it. There's jobs, MC jobs. I'll actually, I'll say one of them. Uh, Liquid Laughs in Boise, Idaho was, I think, I think the first MC job that I got on my own that I didn't, like the first weekend that I got booked on my own without, you know, being attached to any headliner or anything like that. And I got paid. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> I got $125 for a weekend. And I want to say the weekend consisted of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Maybe it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but I'm pretty sure it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, yeah. And they didn't put me in a hotel. <laughs> So, I had, just do the math right here. This is, I don't know, 2014, 15 maybe. Um, I had to fly myself to Boise, and I remember I took Allegiant. That's a whole other story. <laughs> Have you guys ever flown Allegiant, dude? What the fuck? People want to talk shit about Spirit Airlines, like... Everyone always takes jabs at Spirit Airlines, motherfucker. I want to see you talk about Allegiant Airlines, okay? And I'll, I'll get into that later. But um, I booked a flight. I remember I flew Allegiant Airlines. And then I had to book a hotel room for four nights. So, like I said, I don't know what the flight costs. I could probably go back and figure it out. But let's just say L.A. to Boise in the summertime, let's say $200, right, for a round-trip flight. Let's say the hotel, I probably went on the cheaper side, but even that doesn't mean much. So let's say the hotel was, I'll just say, it was probably more, <laughs> but I'll say $65 a night. I'll say that. It was probably more, but we'll say that. So $65 a night, Thursday, Friday, that's $130. That's $260 for that, plus 
a $200 flight. And like I said, I don't remember how much it cost, but it was probably more. But at the least, it was about 450 bucks to go to this job. And I was only getting paid $125. So, yeah, think about that. I lost $300, over $300. So I probably lost way more than that. Um to do this job <laughs> and I didn't care you know I, I've I'm at the point now where I book some headlining gigs you know I, I've I headlined some clubs it is what it is um, I'm I'm not a name I'm not delusional I'm not at a point where my name alone sells tickets unless it's in Ontario where I grew up or around there or also uh, I would say LA but probably not but if I really tried um, to really invite everybody I know and get them to come out to a show in LA I probably could sell a decent amount of tickets but other than that anywhere else I go like people will buy tickets you know like I think you know when we were in DC we had like you know, 25 people in one night and like 30 people the other night or something like that. Like, you know, they bought tickets to see me, I guess you can say, right? Um, or they just bought tickets to see a comedy show that my name was on. But the the point of the, I don't even know what point I was trying to make right here. <laughs> um, but I knew that this this taking jobs like that where I didn't get paid oh by the way liquid laughs this club that I'm talking about um <laughs> they're closed now so whatever uh that investment didn't pay pan out <laughs> but um you know I hosted once and then I featured another time so right off the bat um hosted for the weekend and then I got bumped up to the feature which I want to say was like 350 or $400 and at that point I didn't have to pay for my hotel because we got to stay in the condo and I was selling merch at that point anyway so right off there that was a return on my investment I, I, I took a $300 loss like I said probably more when you take into account all the food and everything that I had to eat while I was gone, um, while I was there. But, you know, I didn't mind, number one, like I said, because I knew it was an investment, but also I was getting stage time. I was, quote-unquote, making fans. I was, I'm pretty sure I was still single at that point. So it's like, yeah, whatever, dude. I, I don't have any responsibilities, man. That's why I'm not rushing into having kids, you know, because I need to do what I need to do to propel myself and I can't, if, if I have kids and a wife, you know, I can't be like, hey, I'm going to go lose $400 <laughs> going out of town this weekend because my wife would be like, uh, no, you're not. You're going to fucking work and make that money so we can pay our mortgage and so we can take care of our kid, you know? That's why I don't do that, okay? That's why I'm not there yet. I mean, I'm further along in my career now. Like I said, this was 2014 or 15, but... Anyway, the following year, they brought me back as a feature. So 
I went from losing $300 to now profiting. Like I said, I want to say it was like 350, 400 bucks. Um, so you take that same flight round trip, 200 bucks. Um, now I'm making, I'm profiting 200 bucks just on the trip alone and I don't have to pay for a hotel and now I could sell merch. So, you know, and then, you know, in a perfect world, I would have gotten, I would have gotten bumped up after, you know, a few years to headliner. They can't hear you. This mic is condensed, so they can't hear you. And, uh, you know, it didn't, like I said, it didn't pan out, but it would have, is all I'm saying. So, and now there's clubs that, you know, I started as an MC at, and now I'm featuring at, and then I'll headline. And there's some clubs where I started as a feature and now I'm headlining. And there's some clubs that just jump me straight to headline. And it's, you know, it is what it is, man. Like, you know, laughs, laughs in Tucson. You know, I started as an MC there. And now I'm the feature act. And I mean, who knows? They'll probably string me along for a few years because I know that's what they do. But, um, you know, I'm featuring now. So these investments are, are finally paying off. And that's kind of what the, the, the point of this was, is like just being thankful for the process of, you know, having the luxury to you know, not have any responsibilities, so I can do that, so I can, uh, like, and, like I said, essentially invest in myself to get to where I really want to be in, you know, five, six, seven more years, and, you know, for some people, that's, that's too much of a gamble, you know, that's too, that's too much uncertainty, they want the easy life, they want a job, you know, with benefits, and, overtime and 401k and all those things it's safe right i don't want safe man i want the life of my fucking dreams i don't want a boss you know telling me that i have a deadline or i need to make this sales quota or i need to come in early or like no dude i want to do what i want to do man i want to do comedy i want to fucking be keep fucking cranking out podcasts i want to I want to entertain people. I want to be in a fucking Marvel movie. I want, <laughs> I want to inspire people to exercise. I want them to take care of themselves. I want people, you know, I had this vision. I think I talked about it on the podcast. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. But, you know, I had this vision of, you know, like in two or three or maybe sooner years, um, you know, not only am I doing comedy shows on the road but I'm also doing live podcasts you know like like Tom Segura and Christine P do or like the guys we fucked girls you know that podcast or there's a lot of podcasts I don't there's there's I'm trying to think of podcasts that I listen to that do live versions and those are the only ones I can think of but I know there's a lot of other ones you know you do a live podcast in the city that I'm performing in or do some kind of like do you guys remember when Kevin Hart was like on his well now he's like a fabletics guy but you know there were times when he told people that they wanted to go running with him he was training for the New York Marathon I think and he told people to meet him somewhere to go running and like you know hundreds of people showed up to run with Kevin Hart like I want to fucking do that let's rent out you know maybe I, I get you know, 10 of my fans in some city, 
and we go, you know, or or more, you know, we go to, we go run the stairs at Red Rocks in Denver, or we go to the Manitou Incline together in Colorado Springs, or we go to a boxing class in some city, like, you know, I, I, I have all these different things that I'm interested in, or we go to a baseball game, you know, we, I'm doing, you know, the I'm, I, I haven't, quite announced it yet but I'm working on the league of my own tour that I was supposed to do in 2020 and I'm putting the dates together right now and you know maybe you know some of my fans it sounds weird but I have some you know I'm gonna keep gaining them um you know maybe we go to a baseball game together when I do this tour you know when I I have an I have an sync podcast maybe we go to a concert you know what I mean like just I envision all these different things for myself and they're all going to happen eventually. You know, I just got to be patient, but I'm just, I'm I'm thankful for the process because I feel like, you know, while, (laughs) while it would be great to just blow the fuck up instantly and have millions of fans and millions of dollars and whatever, I feel like my career, like I said, my career is progressing at exactly the rate it's supposed to. And I think that when I finally do get that thing and those things, I will appreciate them more because I worked for them and I put in my time. And, you know, I'm not, it's not like I'm going to rest on my laurels. Like, I'm going to keep pushing forward and I'm going to keep setting the bar. But, you know, I'll appreciate them, I think, more than if they just got handed to me right away. That's what I think. Um, so anyway, that being said, um, some other things I want to talk about being thankful for. Number number one, um, it's not really, I mean, yeah, I can say that. But uh, thank you to everyone. Um, if anyone is listening that came out to the shows this past weekend in Wichita, um, I had so much fun, you guys. <laughs> like, I just, oh, man, I had this, I had this bit that I have been working on in my head, but um, just didn't feel like it was ready to tell on stage, but um, the shows were going so well all weekend, and I was basically just about sold sold out of all my merchandise that I took with me and stuff, so I'm like, you know what, man? I'm going to fucking try this bit. And it cu- I could have ate shit, you guys. I re- that, uh, that legit could have happened. And it didn't. And it just made me feel so good, you guys. I can't I can't describe it. I mean, I talked about it a few weeks ago. But uh, when I was telling that joke about obesity and COVID and whatnot. And how, like, I had it in my head and whatnot. And I just... I had to try it, you know, even though I wasn't sure if it was going to work. And that's what comedy is. It's taking chances on stage. It's like, yeah, like I could go out there and I'm not, and, I, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm the best comic ever because I'm not like there's so many comics better than me. But I can go out there and give 100% fucking A material and I can crush every time. Every time, no matter what audience. I, I did a show in L.A. last week, and there's actually a lot of people there. It was an outdoor show, um, and there was no microphone. 
<laughs> the microphone, the sound system was out, and it was not the best environment because under those circumstances, you know, it's hard enough to get people's attention, and when you have to yell, it just makes it even harder. But I went out there, and you know, same thing. Like I, I have this, I have this bit that I pretty much, I think it's the best bit that I ever wrote. Like obviously. If you guys have seen my comedy, the stuff about my dad and stuff, like, I continue to get material from that. Um, and after him dying, I've, you know, incorporated that. And but I and, and those are all great bits because people can remember that stuff, you know. But I have a bit about pronouns that I wrote. Uh, it's kind of been ongoing for the last year or so, maybe a little bit longer. And... I think it's the best bit I ever wrote. Um, it, it's I just love it, and I, but because people in LA are a little bit too PC sometimes and whatnot, or sometimes it's just LA is weird because you'll have like a famous person on the show, and you'll do really well, and then. <laughs> Here comes the famous person, let's say, like a Dane Cook or someone. And then everyone just kind of forgets that you did really well because all they remember is that they got to see Dane Cook or they got to see Bill Burr or somebody. And you're just like, fuck, man, you know. Um, so there's that, too. And then, then, then there's just like a, well, I don't know this guy. So you really have to earn, you know, those crowds because, you know, when, when you're on the road, Everyone just assumes that you're professional, and if you're from L.A., you kind of get a little bit of credibility automatically just from being from L.A., which is so weird, but it is what it is, and, uh, you know, they're, they're ready to laugh. Like, you have to, they're already on your side, and then, you know, you can lose them, but they're already kind of rooting for you, where L.A., that's not necessarily the case all the time, and so I've had this bit, and I've done it in all the clubs and everything and it's it's gotten really good like I'm really proud of it but um I haven't told it in LA yet because I have been afraid not afraid but just like not sure if uh the crowds would take to it you know because people get offended and whatever and um but I did it and I fucking crushed and I got some followers out of it which is huge for a show in LA like when I do shows on the road, I expect people to follow me. But when I do shows in L.A., like I said, I'm not famous, so it's like whatever, you know. And I got some followers out of it, so that was pretty sweet. Um, so anyway, uh, these shows in Wichita were just so fun, and I was so proud that, you know, the bit that I'm talking about that I tried out for, the, literally, I've never even done it at an open mic. It's just a story that's been in my head. And, I mean, I've told the story to people, which is kind of how I practice some of my material anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry if you've ever had a conversation with me. There's a good chance that I probably worked in a bit at some point. Maybe I was, maybe not work it in, but like I tried it. Now there's comics that literally try to work out their routine in conversation. I don't like, they tell parts of their act in conversation. I don't do that. But. I do develop bits by talking to people. That's just a given. I'm a good storyteller, and I got to tell stories. You know, I got to talk to people. So, anyway, 
Um, I tried it. It's not ready. Like, it's not finished. I mean, a bit's never really finished anyway. But for telling it for the first time, I was very proud of, you know, how many laughs I got and so forth. So that was cool, man. But I had a, I had a really good time in Wichita. The, uh, and, that, and that's a club that I also started as an MC at. Same thing, you know, took a bit of a financial loss for the first, you know, couple years, really. Like, they kind of, I mean, they're not fucking listening. Uh, the Looney Bin is a chain of comedy clubs. It's a small chain. They have four clubs. Tulsa, Oklahoma City, Wichita, and Little Rock. And I started as an MC there. And, you know, I should have been featuring from the beginning, just being honest. Um, and at this point, I should be headlining. And it is what it is. But, you know, the, the booker slash owner is kind of, I don't want to say a hard ass, but I think he likes to fuck with people. I'm fine with that, you know. Um, I don't think he's listening. <laughs> and uh, But anyway, this was um, my first time featuring there. I featured at the other clubs, but for some reason he didn't put me in Wichita. So I, I missed it the last time around. But anyway, the uh, the manager at the club, shout out to Biggs. Um, was like, you know, I'm glad that they're finally featuring you now. You know, that I felt like it was long overdue. And I'm like, yeah, dude, no fucking shit. <laughs> like, I'm just... <sighs> if you haven't seen me do stand-up, I'm not... You know, it's whatever. I'm just... I'm really happy with what I'm... The work that I'm putting out there. I can definitely see the growth that I've put in over the last, you know, few years, especially during the pandemic... I feel like I've gotten stronger as a comic, not only because, you know, I'm featuring more and headlining more, but also I feel like, honestly, you guys, this podcast and my other podcasts help me be better, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, I get to kind of formulate these funny ideas and stuff that I have, and I get to, you know, this isn't stand-up, but it's a it's an outlet, you know, on stage, I'm, I'm working things out sometimes, and sometimes getting the wording right, and, or sometimes it's just a matter of talking, and then you're like, oh, that was a good idea, and then it comes out, and then that, and that's why I've always recorded all my sets, because there have been times where, you know, I write a joke a certain way, and then I say something on stage, or maybe I pause, or something happens, and, I recorded it, and then I'm like, oh, well, I have to say it like that from now on, that word that I added or whatever. Like, it goes a long way, you guys, I'm telling you. If you're a comic and you're listening to this, not that anybody, I doubt it, but, like, if you're a comic and you're less experienced than me, even if you're more experienced than me, for that matter, um, I advise you to always record. You don't have to film them because I know that's hard, but... Just take out the recorder on your phone and, you know, just play it back afterwards and listen to what you said and how you said it and where the spacing was. And, you know, like, again, I told you, like, I, I have been, I'm, I'm thankful, this is Thanksgiving, right, um, that I had guys that I could learn from, you know, when I was a young comic and I, I picked up a lot of good habits 
um, just like pointers from people. And I don't think a lot of people who begin their comedy journey get that a lot of times because, you know, a lot of times you just start at an open mic and you do open mics. And so you're with other open micers and, you know, you're kind of giving each other the same shitty advice and regurgitating something that maybe someone told you. Or It's always funny when I hear open micers giving each other advice because I'm like, what? You don't work like what advice you're giving. But for me, I was getting advice from working comics. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to fucking take that in. And I've always been a sponge for information when it comes to comedy. I've always been open to criticism, to feedback, to everything. I've always just wanted to get better, even still. You know, I remember last year I was working um, with this guy and I mean, he's fine, you know, like he's been probably doing comedy like 35 years or something. Not my cup of tea, if I'm being honest. Uh, and what sucked was when I got booked. So I didn't get, you know, a lot of times I've explained it here, but a lot of times I will get booked on my own and then the headliner gets booked on their own. And then when I get to the city, I'm like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. Sometimes it's somebody I've worked with. Sometimes it's not. And so I had never met this guy. But when I got booked, the club owner, booker, whatever was like, um, hey, you uh, I can book you this weekend, but you have to work clean. This headliner is a clean headliner, so they've got to have, can you can you work clean? And in my mind, I'm like, yes, I can. I'm a professional, you know, and work is work, and I have to be able to work clean, even though I don't like to. Like, you have to be able to do it, because if you can't do it, then you're not really funny. You know, if you need the, I like, like, don't get me wrong, you guys. I love fucking cussing on stage. Like, that's how I talk. You know, I talk, I cuss when I talk. Maybe I cuss a lot. Maybe I, I don't know, but I cuss, okay? And so if you ask me what I prefer, I prefer to cuss on stage. However, you know, if I want to work and they tell me that I need to be clean to work this job, I'll fucking be clean, dude. Now, my material isn't necessarily kid-friendly even when I'm not cussing. You know, I talk about my dad using drugs. I talk about him going to jail. I talk about... People thinking I'm gay and homophobia and whatever else I'm talking about. And, you know, that's not family friendly per se. But then again, I don't know because I watch TV and what I thought what was family, what was family friendly and prime time, you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago when I was a kid, it's not the same anymore. So, you know, I think the the lines have been blurred a little bit, but the point being is like, yes, I can work clean. And so this headliner, um, I was telling a bit and he told me that I should say it like this. And in my mind, I was like, mm, it's not going to work. I've, tried, I've done this bit a million times, but just to show him that I'm not like, a, you know, a prima donna or someone that thinks they know it all. And, you know, because you don't want to be. You don't want to give off the impression that you think you know everything and whatever, even if it's someone that, like I said, that's not your favorite comic and whatever, but you're working with someone that's ahead of you. I always show respect, you know, and so he, he told me something 
and I tried it the way he told me to, and it didn't work as well. And he was like, yeah, maybe you should try it, go back to doing it the other way. And I was like, okay, and then it worked. And then he was like, oh, okay. Um, but, you know, the point being is, you know, I'm always open to feedback, always. You know, one of the guys, uh, I tell you guys all the time, but, you know, because he's kind of like the one that kind of helps me out a lot is my buddy Eric Rivera. You know, he'll he'll send me a text or a tweet or a tweet or whatever, like, and be like, hey, you should do this or you should do that, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, and, and I listen to him because he's way. He's, uh, you know, he's ahead of me. He's done a lot cooler things than I have done, you know. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I'm going to fucking listen to him, man. Like, you know, it's just like my buddy, my buddy Big J, you know, he's always, ever since, like, I, I I first met him, you know, he would hear, he would listen to my sets and give me a tag here, give me a tag there. Like, I'm always appreciative of that. And so, anyway, point being is, uh, <laughs> I, uh, it, it, it was cool to do Wichita. It was cool for the manager to be like, you know, I'm glad you're featuring now. You deserve it. And now it's just going to be a matter of time before those clubs have me headlining. And then at some point, I'll be too big to work those clubs. I'm putting it out there. It's going to happen. Instead of doing, you know, the Looney Bin in what city, I might do a small theater in that city or, you know, rent out my own venue. Maybe I'm doing the fucking, you know, whatever the fuck it's called. It was called Chesapeake Arena. Now it's called like pay.com arena or something. But I actually, I was telling my girlfriend this, who was on the podcast last time. You're welcome. Um, I would love to do a show where uh, at, at Bricktown, Chickasaw Bricktown Ballpark, where the Oklahoma City Dodgers play, like I would love to do a show there. I think it seats like 2,000 people you know, but maybe we could get, I don't know, some more because maybe we could p- sit people on the field. Like, I'd fucking love to do a show there at some point, you know, hashtag career goals. Fuck a theater, man. Like, I'll just do a show there. That's right up my alley anyway with baseball and whatnot. But anyway, um, thankful for that. Um, just thankful for opportunities. You know, I've, I've booked a couple jobs over the last couple weeks, so I'll, you guys will be seeing me on the road a little bit more. And like I said, I'm working on my League of Their Own tour. But um, since we're talking about what I'm thankful for, uh, this I wouldn't be... I'd be an asshole if I didn't send a shout-out. Uh, number one to two people that have helped me tremendously over the last few months um number one it's my girl ashton who was on the podcast last time um i couldn't do much of what i do without her and she supports me in so many ways and you know everyone wants to ask me when we're gonna get married and this and that and the truth is you know she and i talk about getting married all the time and whatever and i'm sure we're probably gonna get married within the next couple years i just you know, the pandemic really fucked things up for me. <laughs> um, so now it's kind of like we lost that, like, you know, it essentially it'll be we lost like two years, you know. So my plan to get married, I was supposed to be married by now, but then the world caught on fire. So, you know, she and I have this conversation all the time and it's not, 
like her pressuring me to get married. We just I just have a conversation of letting her know that if I was where I was in my career, we'd be married already. I'm not. I'm almost there. So we'll probably get married soon. And she's she's fine with that because she's seen the work I put in, you know, she's the one behind the scenes. She knows everything I'm feeling. She's the one who has been there when I break down emotionally. Um, she supports me maybe <laughs> financially sometimes when, you know, that my money's not coming in or when I haven't booked any jobs or whatever. Like she's she's more ride or die than you guys could possibly know. And I know it's not easy um, being with a comedian. One, because your life is going to be put out there in the open in public and whatever. And I'm always posting stuff on social media. And she's a little bit more private than I am and whatever, you know. Um, So there's all that. Uh, (laughs) uh, And there's also just, you know, the fact that maybe we don't get to do stuff on weekends. But, but. She came out to Wichita with me this past weekend, and she had a really good time. You know, I showed her the barbecue place that we always go to, and we had uh, we went to this. Uh, I think it's called the Old Cowtown Museum in Wichita. Which, by the way, if you're ever in Wichita, I mean, there's not a ton of stuff to do, you know. But it's an old city. It's one of the first, you know, big kind of industrial type cities when stuff started taking off, like in the mid 1800s to late 1800s and so there's this little town it's not, it's i mean it's in wichita but basically they've taken all these old historical buildings like the old blacksmith and the, some old churches and old houses that you know this person lived in and that person lived in and an old railroad station all these like old basically like what the town used to look like in like the 1800s and they've relocated them to this little area and they made it look like the old town and it's so cool and I guess they have like you know like reenact kind of like tombstone Arizona if you guys have ever been there where they have like shootouts and stuff and like native dances you know they had one we missed it we got there kind of late uh like a couple hours before they closed so we missed like that kind of stuff and just like to see how cool like how things looked back then and how small the houses were and how the houses didn't have running water so they had wells outside or they had a well pump inside the house or just like i mean it's so cool you mean we really appreciate what we have now and the technology like you know we're talking about like we get mad when our wi-fi goes down Meanwhile, these people had to go outside to the outhouse that was made out of, like, wood to take a shit, dude. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, it was just really cool. So, if you've ever been to, if you, if you ever go to Wichita, I highly recommend you guys. It was, like, $9 or something. And there's, like, an, a video guide kind of thing that you can watch. And I think they do, like, guided tours as well. But, anyway, I highly recommend it. Ashton loved it. I loved it. It was really fun. And it just kind of gave me a a little bit more of a a history lesson, you know, and I love stuff like that, you know, but um, so thankful for her. Um, Thankful for my brother, Adam, who uh, I think I've talked about it on this podcast, but I've basically been staying with my brother since I got back because I told you guys I was unsure about where I was going to work and whatnot. And so with that headache, it's just been easier for me 
to stay with my brother, so he's been kind enough to let me stay here with his family. And, uh, you know, it was hard. You know, I knew I needed to come back, but, you know, I just didn't have... <laughs> didn't have everything lined up but I needed to be back so it's just made things exponentially easier um, to just be here kind of hanging out with my little brother and his family and my brother Travis same thing you know he offered me if I want to stay at his house too you know and you know I'm thankful for both of those guys because you know it, it takes uh, it takes some humility to be like hey little brother can I crash at your house for you know supposed to be a couple weeks but I haven't got everything squared away so it's been like a month now even though I've been gone a bunch um you know but it, it's helped me just kind of settle back in here and ease the pressure of finding a place and feeling the need to rush into finding a place and so when I get when I do get a place and you know hopefully and a couple weeks or whatever, um, you know, it'll, I'll, I'll be sure it's the right one and whatever, you know, so, you know, thanks to my brother Adam for letting me stay and hang out with his family, which is, I mean, it's my family too now, you know, but, you know, um, and like I said, my brother Travis, who offered me to stay at his place, um, you know, I mean, I talked about it before, but, you know, during COVID, one of the lessons that the pandemic taught me was just the importance of friends, family, you know, I, I spent the last, you know, nine years just grinding, trying to do everything I could to make something out of this comedy. And now that I'm finally kind of doing stuff, you know, I'm not taking a step back, but I am recognizing that, hey, like, I don't have to do a show every single night, even though some people will tell you that you need to. It's like, well, without my friends and my family, like I don't get those experiences that end up being stories. Like if I'm just doing shows and shows and shows and shows and shows and not doing anything else, um, I'm not getting any material from anything. You know, you got you to live a little bit. You know, you got to experience. So I'm just thankful for all of that. Um, I've got a great, you know, it doesn't have to be a big circle of people, you know, that I surround myself with, but the people that do, you know, it, it's a great circle. I, I feel loved. I feel, you know, supported. And it's really important, especially in this, uh, in this business. Um, also, you know, uh, who I'm going to send out a shout, a shout out to, um, my buddy, Rachel Wolfson, who's been on the podcast, uh, couple times I think I know we've had her on once I think we had her on twice uh, but um, you know she also works out with me she's one of my personal training clients and she's about to come out in the new movie Jackass that comes out February like I don't know when does Jackass come out I think it comes out like February 2nd or something February 4th that's a Friday probably then but um, you know, she has, she continued training with me throughout the pandemic, even though I was in Oklahoma, you know, even before I left, like we were doing zoom sessions or FaceTime sessions or whatever, um, when it wasn't safe to see people, 
um, she was like, well, I got to keep working out and I know it would help you. I mean, she's probably, I don't think she did it for me to give her praises, but, um, I think, uh, you know, she has this, she has this image of, you know, being this super cool, you know, weed influencer and whatever. And she's obviously very funny and she's does, she, her her comedy is great, and she's going to be really great in this new movie, Jackass, which we can say now because the first time she was on my podcast, um, I knew that she had, maybe it was the second time she was on my podcast, but I knew that she had this thing lined up, but we couldn't talk about it yet and because uh, she had signed an NDA and it wasn't quite time, but now it's out there. She's going to be in it. Um, and I had said, you know, on, on my podcast that she was going to become a name because I knew that what she had on the horizon. But anyway, I think people see that side of her, but they don't realize that she's actually a really giving person. She's very uh, supportive. Um, you know, she's got, you know, thousands and thousands of followers, but, you know, she'll follow back other comedians and you know, comment and like their stuff, which a lot of comedians that are quote unquote famous or even ones that are like almost famous. There's like this thing where they don't want to like a joke on social media or retweet something unless it's so funny when people start getting like really big in comedy, then all of a sudden then all the other comics kind of come running to kiss their ass and comment on them on their posts and retweeting them and oh so and so so happy for so and so and you know it's all fucking kiss ass fucking thing but Rachel will follow back like an open micer that follows her and so she's she's got a, my point is she's got a big heart and uh, I'm sure I'm not even gonna tell her that I said this because I know she doesn't listen to the podcast but you know I see her you know two or three times a week still she still employs me. And <laughs> she's probably going to get this movie Jackass and then she's going to become a big star and then I'm going to be opening for her <laughs> and then we'll still be working out together just in a different capacity because it'll be we'll be on tour or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, but I'm thankful for her because she was one of the few clients, you know, I had quite a few clients before the pandemic and she was one of the few people that actually stayed with me. And like I said, kept working out with me via Zoom. I had quite a few people that just were like, oh, I'm not going to work out with you via Zoom. It's not the same, blah, blah, blah. And then when I came back to L.A. and I reached out to everybody, hey, guys, I'm coming back, blah, blah, blah. A lot of people were like, oh, I already have. I found another trainer, even though I told everybody I was coming back. Like, I get it, you know there's no they don't nobody needs to be loyal no one owes me anything you know um but i had a couple i had a couple clients who just completely ignored me when i came back <laughs> like i was they told me they would train with me when i came back i commu- I, I stayed in communication with everybody but um they just ignored me still haven't responded to my texts or anything or emails so you know good for them man i'll, rem- I'll remember that you know, they don't owe me anything, but at the same time, a simple, like, I'm not even mad at my clients that were like, oh, I have another trainer now because they had to work out and I want them to keep working out. And yeah, I wasn't there. So I get it. 
Um, but the ones that like didn't even like email me or text me back, it's just like, dude, we worked, you know, I, I worked with you for like two years. Like you can't even just be like, oh, sorry, I'm not going to come in or I found another trainer. Or, I'm just not ready to come in today. Whatever it might be, you know? So it's a little upsetting, but you know, it's LA, man. It is what it is. But Rachel was not one of those. She's one of the handful of people that kept training with me, kept paying me this whole time. And so I appreciate her. Because, I mean, frankly, you know, at the very, very beginning when I had zero money coming in, I had, like, four people that were like, no, let's keep working out. We'll just do it Zoom. And she was one of them. So, um, and I'll, I'll send a shout-out to some other ones. Shout-out to Sarah. Shout-out to Alexis. And shout-out to Heather. Um, you guys know who you are. Thanks. I appreciate you guys. And also, you know who else I'm thankful for? All of you guys that listen to this, um, especially my buddy Eric. I know my buddy Eric listens to all my fucking podcasts, which is really weird. Um, not, it's not really weird. It's just like, I don't know. It makes me feel good that, you know, that I do have friends that care enough to listen to, uh, you know, shit that I do. You know, even though some podcasts are better than others, I understand that. It's uh, it's better when I'm interviewing people because it's it's a little bit more fun and there's can, there can be more jokes and whatever. But at the same time, you know, it is what it is, man. This podcast is constantly evolving. I I plan once I get back to uh, like having my own place and everything and just settled where I'm not driving back and forth from where my brother lives down to L.A. and everything. I'll have more people either in studio or in my house or whatever, but sometimes it's just a little bit easier to do it this way. I mean, not sometimes, always, but anyway, um, you know, he doesn't, I think, he he's probably listened to every single episode. My, not even my girlfriend does that, so thanks, Eric. Um, I, I'm just a lucky guy, man, you know? And, and I think, like I said, while it w- would be really easy to sit there, like uh, I had submitted for this HBO thing, and I found out that I didn't get it. And I thought I was going to get it. And, you know, there's a couple people that got it that I don't fucking care, dude. I just felt like I should, I, that I that I was, I thought I was going to get it. And I didn't. And it kind of fucking sucked because I really thought I was going to get it. But I didn't. And that's how it is, man. You can't always get what you want, you know. However, I'm grateful for what I do have. I have awesome friends. I have awesome family, you know, I have a career that I've paved and I've done mostly on my own and I'll continue doing that. And, you know, if I can help other people and bring other people along, I'm going to do that, you know, so it kind of, that's kind of where I'm at right now, you know? So that being said, um, let's see, what do I have to promote here? I am promoting a, uh, yeah, I've got some shows coming up. I will be uh, in, I got a couple things coming up, Um, Wednesday, December 15th, I will be, no, wait a minute, I'm looking at the wrong fucking date, sorry, (laughs) I was like, no, it's, it's the 15th, yeah, Wednesday, December 15th, I will be in Paso Robles, headlining the Poor House. That's P-O-U-R because it's a uh, it's like a brewery kind of thing. 
Um, I'm headlining there. I'm bringing my buddy Juliana Stefano to open for me. She's been on the podcast before. She's in a bunch of movies now, and she's all probably also going to be famous soon. So, you know, she's great. I love her. Uh, she's, I don't know, I've known her since she was like 19, and now she's like all grown up. It's kind of weird, but um, she's opening for me. Um, and then f- Friday and Saturday, December 17th and 18th, I'll be at the Comedy Arena in McKinney, Texas, home of my friend Eric Down that I talked about. And uh, my buddy uh, Adrian Corwin from Oklahoma City is going to come down. He's going to open for me. And that'll be two shows there. Um, and that's all I need to promote right now. Those are the big shows coming up. You guys don't really need anything else. I don't plan on taking any breaks with this podcast, but maybe I will. Um, before I leave, I just want to say that uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. If you're with your family or if you're not with your family, you know, just if if I could teach you guys anything, you know, at this ripe young age of mine of 42, I will just say, um, you know, just be thankful for what you have. You know, I'll probably talk about it next week, but, um, you know, Thanksgiving is always a weird time for me because it was the last holiday that I got to spend with my mom before she passed away. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm always just a little bit more thankful, you know, when I do get to be with my family on Thanksgiving or around Thanksgiving, because, you know, at the end of the day, not everyone has a family, you know, so wherever you are, I wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family, your friends. If you have Friendsgiving, enjoy that. Know that, uh, I've got I I just appreciate, like I said, every single one of you guys that listens to this podcast, whether you listen to it every episode or if you've listened to a few episodes or wherever you're at, if you just started, welcome. Um, Sometimes I have guests, sometimes I don't, sometimes I talk about fitness, sometimes I don't, sometimes I talk about comedy, it's just, it's my fucking podcast, dude, I'll talk about whatever the fuck I want, you know? Um, It's mine, it's nobody else's, I own the IP, so... It is what it is, man. So anyway, this has been the camera adds 10 pounds, guys. I will be back next week. I just want to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving, and I will see you guys next time. Bye.